You're listening to episode 75 of the ESL Teaching Podcast. It's been a while since I talked about ESL teacher coaching. And with summertime in full swing, I know a lot of teachers have more headspace and creative flow as they are preparing for the upcoming school year, regardless of whether it starts tomorrow or in a month for you. Inside my membership, the ESL Teaching Roadmap, one of the perks for members is a coaching session that they can book whenever they feel stuck. In their day-to-day, teachers have so many questions, but not always a person to bounce those questions and ideas off of. And that is where the ESL teacher coaching and mentoring comes in. In today's episode, I chat with Sarah, who's a member of the ESL Teaching Roadmap membership. She's a teacher trained in primary grades and had taught elementary grades one through six. She taught in New Zealand for six years, and in 2008, she moved to Dubai, where she has been a teacher at a private international school ever since. According to Sarah, she wanted to travel and see the world, and that she certainly did. Earlier this year, she was asked to step into the role of ELL lead across a primary and secondary school, and recently their school has seen an influx of newcomers. She, along with her colleagues, are looking for some guidance on how to work with this group of students, both age and language acquisition-wise. We dissect questions that have come up for her. How do you navigate grade change, for example, from elementary to secondary? How do you support students across different curriculum areas? What are the best strategies to use for teenagers with little English who are very shy to speak and quite heavily reliant on their translations apps? And so much more. I know a lot of teachers have similar questions to Sarah, no matter where in the world you are, and this episode will be super helpful to you. And if you like what you heard, you can reap the same benefits as Sarah. Book a one-on-one call with me and get clarity on your next steps in teaching English learners right away. In addition, to help you feel prepared for the new school year, I'm offering a 10% discount as well as one free month inside the ESL Teaching Roadmap membership, where you will have access to teaching with materials for both newcomers and mixed proficiency classes and so much more. I will add the sign up link with a discount code in the show notes and I'm looking forward to helping you out. All right, without further ado, let's get to the episode. Hello and welcome to the ESL teaching podcast. I'm your host, Yeva Grossless, otherwise known as Simply Yeva, and I am so thankful that you tuned in. I'm looking forward to sharing both my knowledge and experience on this podcast, as well as that of my fellow teachers. All right, so I looked at your questions, and um, it looks like, um, so you said that your st- secondary school is, uh, secondary teaching is kind of new. Yeah. So basically what happened, you know, I've been teaching for 20 years now. Gosh, that's showing my age. <laughs> but um, I have always taught primary and, um, you know, had a, been across the primary school as well from year one up to year six. And um, recently, more recently, working with inclusion departments. That's what we call them here in British schools. I don't know what the term is for you in America, where you've got, you know, children who need, need extra learning support. whether that's in the classroom or um, interventions outside the classroom. Mm -hmm. But I moved into that kind of a role after I had my children and I've enjoyed that. And underneath that umbrella, I guess, Mm -hmm. ELL and G&T, Gifted and Talented, used to come into that kind of bracket. 
So Mm -hmm. I'd worked with some students, ELL students then, but it's just become more recent. And I don't know if if you're noticing the same in the States at the moment as well, the number of children enrolling in schools in these international schools coming in with very little English has just shot up since the beginning of the year. Um, And for us, it's particularly Russian and Chinese families coming. Yeah. Um, So in... So we started our school year in beginning of September mm-hmm. and term two, the start of, in beginning of January, they actually had hired a lady to do an ELL role across the school. Um, she'd come from Qatar, I think, and had some experience. And she basically lasted about 10 days at yeah. the school. <laughs> I think she was a little overwhelmed <laughs> with everything. Um, and so the school kind of panicked and then asked me to step into the role and at the Initially, I was like, oh, gosh, I don't know. I'm not like I have not trained in this. Um, I've had some experience, but they were like they said, no, look, you know, we'll train you up. Um, I've been at the school a while, so I know a lot of the students who are now moved into secondary. I know a lot of the staff. And actually, I really enjoyed it. They knew I wanted to kind of get my teeth into something new. So um, that's why I'd stepped into this role. Obviously, coming with a lot of primary teaching experience and not a lot of secondary. So um, when I found you on Instagram, I thought, oh, this is great. Um, Just what I need. And so, yeah, now I'm working as kind of coordinating across both schools, which is a lot to juggle because you've got from three-year-olds and FS1, we call it, foundation stage one, right up to, you know, IB2, um, you know, at the end of high school. So it's a big spectrum. Um, At the moment this year, we don't, we have one learning support assistant, a a teaching assistant who is supporting our ELR students in secondary, but I'm really the only one in primary and um, next year that's changing. They're growing the team, which yeah. is great. Yeah. So I am just here to kind of, yeah, see what you can help me with in terms of secondary students. Um, you know, it's all very new to a lot of teachers as well. Some teachers are feeling a little overwhelmed with having these students in the class who have not a lot of English. Yeah. What we've been doing so far, just to give you a quick rundown, is for the children who are very new to English, um, using apps like Microsoft Translate, Google Lens, that's all been quite helpful. Like I said, one of my questions was about now trying to wean them off that so that they're not becoming so reliant to kind of, you know, just one girl sticks in mind. She's actually Cuban. She speaks Spanish. And she started um, at school in February. She's a professional chess player, actually. Oh, very <laughs> cool. year, eight, year eight, which is grade seven. Yeah. And um, she came with very little English. And I know with the older children, they can stay in that silent phase for a while. And I feel like she's becoming quite reluctant to speak. She's very reliant on the translator. Um, and often in class, when I popped in to see her last week, she'll like to um, write in Spanish and kind of translate to English. So it's about how we can support her as well as her teachers with trying to move her away from that. So, yeah, that's where, and then, like I said, next week I'm delivering some professional development to the secondary school teachers. I did it a few weeks ago with the primary school, which kind of went down well, and I'm very familiar with that, and the strategies we use for ELL are very similar to our SEN students, right? Visuals Mm -hmm. and pre-teaching vocabulary and all that stuff is what we do already in primary school particularly with our students with educational you know difficulties we use widget a lot in um primary school do you are you familiar with widget 
No, I'm not. With, um, oh, it's brilliant. W-I-D-G-I-T. In a, literally in a matter of minutes, you can create dual language resources that have visuals instantly there for you. To, oh, you very know, cool. Like, yeah. Yeah. So I could make a visual timetable. So for my children coming into year one, I'll make a visual timetable that's dual language maths. And as soon as I type in maths, a picture pops up in automatically. Mm -hmm. And then I've selected Chinese maybe, and it will just instantly translate everything to Chinese for me. I could copy and paste that and do it into Russian. Um, You can make, I've made language prompts for the table. So things like, um, can you help me please? Or can I go to the bathroom? So on their tables, they've got a little, they've got dual language resources um, and you can literally make them in minutes. It's amazing. Social stories are great as well. Yeah. yeah. So that's something, yeah, yeah widget has been really helpful for us in primary and also in key stage three, actually, and um, in secondary, we're using it with some of our students. Um, so I have a question. Yeah, so, um, I have yeah. a question. So do you... The the thing is, is with these uh, newcomers, and uh, and your school is uh, no different than many other schools. And um, I have like a particular philosophy about newcomers, and um, they need to learn the basics of language, exactly. and to have the space and time to do so. Yeah, and um, so. W- I don't always have the opportunity, but this year I've had the opportunity and the say that when we get somebody with no English, I want to see them uh, like one cl- at least one class period every other day. I mean, that, that was at work. So that means yeah. we can do a, you know, we're going to start with the verb to be. And we're going to yeah. talk about, I, you know, like I am and whatever. Do you have that opportunity yeah. to? Yeah. So here in the UAE, what we have to do, this is the this is the biggest thing, right? When can these interventions happen? It's particularly in a secondary yeah. school timetable. No, they have to be here. No, they have to be in this lesson. So what we do in the UAE is obviously here they have to learn Arabic. Okay. Yeah. Um, and our KHDA, which is like the education government education system, they say that children need to have at least three lessons, three hours of Arabic per week. However, we can apply for a language exemption for certain children, such as these ELL students who are coming in, particularly in secondary. We don't really do it for primary school unless they have some other kind of severe educational needs and they're just not able to learn a language. They need to focus on other things. But in secondary, if they're coming into year seven, which is your grade six, and with little English, we can ask, apply for an exemption. We need permission from parents, um, from the school. We need a few documents. We send it away and the KHDA will say, yes, that's fine. They don't have to learn Arabic. And that gives us three hours a week okay. um, from that. And that's when we would take them out and they would come to us for English during those times. Um, the, it's also a language exemption in that they don't also have to do French. So, okay. so they'll usually do another modern foreign language. They'll either do French or Spanish usually. Usually, so that if parents are willing to, they will um, be exempt from that as well. Whereas our Cuban girl, she wants to do Spanish. <laughs> so yeah, 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 yeah. No, she takes Spanish, and we we take her out during Arabic lessons to work on like the functional kind of language, yeah, yeah. and also, and uh, you know, would, I'm doing I. Do know if you know the lexonic phonics program it's a british program yeah we it's funny to see how like we we teach like similarly but very different the material yeah Yeah. so that's been great i really like that program because obviously a lot of the phonics programs we have a very kind of babyish 
Um, so I like the Lexonic Phonics in terms of it's a bit more growing up for our high school students. Um, it's all based around like repetition and fast pace processing sound at speed. And there's lots of games and challenge and, and in it and the kids really enjoy it. So I usually start with that as well with our, um, the, I find that a lot of the ELL students coming in, they might know the names of letters, but they don't know the sounds. Oh, yeah. And if you can get those sounds like perfect, then that's obviously the foundation, isn't it, for reading and writing. So I often run that program with them during those times, as well as working alongside, you know, the conversational language, the functional kind of language and everything. I do believe uh, though that the students, uh, they also need to see like the connection because they do spend a lot of time in uh, like content area classes, right? So yeah. I do make sure that when, we, you know, so yes, we do the basic English, you know, the numbers and letters, right? Yeah. But I want them to also see that the numbers transfer into their math class. Exactly. You know, I see what you mean. Yeah. You know, so that it's a, it's yeah. all it's connected for them because with teenagers, um, you know, they, they tend to come and like, I don't know, why do I have to do this? You know, all the time. Yes, definitely. Yeah. yeah. So, the same when I'm teaching phonics as well. Yeah. It's applying that to some spelling or applying it yeah, to some reading. Absolutely. So when they just kind of like with them to help them yeah. see that this is, I, I had to ask one student, you know, like, are you going back to like, you know, the place where everybody speaks your language? Because like, if yeah. you are, I understand your unwillingness to learn. But if you're staying yeah. here, you know, please keep your language, but also, you know, help me help you. <laughs> so yeah. that's another thing as well. Do you how do you deal with attitude sometimes with these older kids? Because I'm not used to that. I'm used to the primary kids who are loving coming along and really happy. Well, it, and, like it depends. Depends on situation. I I haven't had many of those, but this year it only takes one or two students to start questioning all of your teaching philosophy. So, oh, uh, really? yes. So, for example, um, I do tend. I am like a by nature. I'm a nurturer, so I'm going to make sure I will figure out what what's going on uh, on all fronts in a in a way that will make the student feel you know safe and seen. Um, but I did them, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I do, um, I do have a one on one with students just to get down to, 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 Definitely. okay, like, you know, is there anything I can do, you know, to help you? And, uh, yeah. I see sometimes they're afraid to, learning a language is scary and it's, oh, yeah. so I do, uh, tend to say, hey, like, it's okay to make mistakes and it's okay to, you know, that's how we learn. Um, and yeah. nobody's going to make fun of you for it. You know, you don't yeah. know, again, their background. Um, and over time, yeah. in getting to know them in general, I do have to say sometimes when it gets to me, once, you know, like over time, you know, you've had the conversation, you've had everything, you know, you kind of like say, hey, like, what is like, this is how we're doing this. Oh, and yeah. this how it's going to be. Um, you know, you, I, I mean, obviously, I dislike grading, but grading is what we do. So, you know, you can, you know, I put in yeah. and like, I know you can do better than this, but I yeah. think treating them as human beings and uh, making sure that, you know, like they see that you see them, you yeah. know, yeah, it's, it's, I, get that. I think that is the, that is the biggest. And I think it's the connection the is so important. It is. Yeah. 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 So I get that. Okay. <clears throat> Yeah. So again, I also have to like make sure I don't take things personally because uh, um, as a as a teacher, it's like you're talking to me like this. 
no way. <laughs> See, I feel like we probably don't have as much of that here in Dubai yeah. as um, I remember coming here when I first came here from New Zealand and I taught in South Auckland in New Zealand, which is quite a rough kind of low socioeconomic area. And I remember coming to my year two class of so the first year and one kid comes up to me and says, Mr. Hiko, someone just called me the I word. And they were like so distressed. And I was like, the I word, what is that? And uh-huh. he was like, and he, I said, like, you can say it. He's like, idiot, they called me idiot. And like, that was the worst. <laughs> is that the worst it's going to get here? Like the kids are actually really lovely at our school. Yeah. Um, so I don't think we'll probably have too much of a problem with it. But I can see that there could be a, some, a couple of children who are not really willing to put the effort in. You know, and um, when they're older, too, I you never know. I also I try to see as much as I possibly can, like, why they come to the place they come. Because when the yeah. little children... You know, parents, they they want to be with their parents. They come, they don't question. They want to make friends. They learn, they're open. Yeah. Sixth, seventh, eighth grade, like they start to like, I left my friends. Like, why do I have to be here? So They don't like to be excluded. No. And all of their friends might be in in Cuba or wherever they come from. And, you know, and it's like, it's not for me. It's for my parents and I don't like it. And so I think. Okay, I get that. Yeah. Yeah, so I think uh, just kind of like looking into, you know, how do you feel about being here and, you know, how can we make yeah. this, okay. you know, this experience? That's true. Okay, yeah, yeah I get that. Okay, so like you're saying like applying what you're doing in lessons and making Absolutely. sure that they're connecting that to what they're doing in the classroom. And we often have like, I'll have my pull out interventions for English or with our other teaching assistants. And then we'll also put like push in learning support assistance into the classroom to help them with their academic language yeah. and seeing how they're going basically in the classroom and just giving them that support. I sometimes do give them homework. Uh, like, uh, you know, we learn some words um, and uh, I say, when you go to your classes, you know, uh, listen, because these are the words that we're learning are very frequently used. So I want yeah. you to listen and tell me, you know, if you heard as somebody else use that same like word, that. And uh, maybe there's a word that you don't know. And maybe, you know, like uh, over time, you can ask them to kind of like listen to a word and bring it to you so that you can kind of like dissect, you know, how to spell it and what it means and so on. So the the listening is a, is a, you know, in a foreign language uh, environment, you teach listening by sitting and listening to maybe, you know, like a podcast and everything else. But in the, in the real life where everybody speaks English, you know, teaching listening is not as, uh, separated as it is, you know, in a form. Yeah. So do you do quite a lot of listening activities then in your sessions? Because it's something no, not necessarily because everybody speaks okay. English all around. So listening happens yeah. 24-7. Anyway, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. I get that. Yeah. What do you do in terms of like key vocabulary? Do you have a like a record book that the students like use and write in or do you have things for them? Do they have their own little book where they're kind of keeping track of new vocab or... So do you? I have recently uh, started, uh, tried out this. So sorry. Yeah, yeah, my yeah. doorbell just rang. Hang on. That's fine. That's fine. No worries. Yeah. From the electronics okay. because, because they tend to just open 20 tabs and, you know, it, you know, yeah. work becomes God knows. Yeah. So yeah. an interactive notebook, like a notebook, something like this. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, it's still in a, in a for me, in an experimental st- stages, but a lot of teachers have found really good success with interactive notebooks, which means that the students have each their notebook 
And uh, let's say at the, at the top somewhere, you know, the first page is like the contents. Mm -hmm. And then let's say you're the way I'm doing it, you know, let's say we have a unit on food, for example. Okay. So you write food and then you write the page numbers. Um, You on each page, you write a word you draw a picture, you write um, a sentence with the word, um, anything that will help you remember. So uh, let's say you have 10 words, so that's 10 pages. So in the content area, students will write, you know, like pages five through 15, you know? And then every time we start a new unit or new vocabulary, you know, they would put it in the contents so that anytime we say, Hey, like, what is the word for X, Y, Z? They open their notebook to the content area and they can find it much, much easier because uh, I grew up learning, you know, English with like lists and lists of, of, of words and you never go back to them. You never find them. You never know where to look for them. Uh, So this has seemed uh, like a a very uh, productive and a good way the less creative kids just do it quickly you know do like stick figures or or whatever they need to but it's for all learning styles because there are I have some creative kids who just spend time you know um so long on the pictures yeah yeah so that would be you know uh one of the one of the ways and I'm gonna see if I can find a um the digital well, I don't know what's happened here, Yiva, but my the picture's gone. I can't see you anymore. I can just hear you. Oh, no, here we go. Okay, I've got you back. It's fine. Okay, all right. Okay. <laughs> and I was just thinking about as well, like when I was, I went and did, we call them learning walks. So yeah. last week I just popped into some classrooms just to see what was happening in classrooms. And, you know, um, some of these children had some key vocabulary for the lesson, but it was kind of like, what happens after this lesson to this vocabulary? Like, maybe it would be a good idea for them to start recording it in the back of their science book or the back of their maths book or wherever it was to kind of just keep a track of that and a record and like making sure they're revisiting it the next day um, to recap it or something needs to happen with that vocabulary. So if they are um, if they are in a in a content area class, it's a great idea to you know we talked about pre teaching vocabulary. Yeah. So yeah. Um, that you know uh, when the the vocabulary is being pre taught, the students could take notes and then the teacher could ask them to respond to questions using the words that the students have learned mm-hmm. because uh, you know what happens to vocabulary. I've I've done this too where we it seems like you know you you teach the students and they know and they understand and then like three weeks later like what does this mean i've forgotten but if it's there and somewhere in their book then they can refer back to it they can refer back to it um another uh, thing is um even in high school i do word walls so we have this big post-it and we write down the the words and then, um, you know, like uh, even when I'm talking, I point to the the wall so that the students can can see and hear, have the visual and 
Um, and then I'm going to say, like, I would like you to respond using one of these, you know. Um, so it's, it's what kind to- of words would you have on there or would it change depending on the theme? So it changes. It depends. Uh, like for my newcomer class, I, who, I have like more concrete words, uh, you know, about, you know, whatever unit we're working on. You know, we just finished clothing and weather, let's say. Mm-hmm. Um, for my uh, higher level students, the ones that are already have the basics, but they need a lot of this tier two vocabulary that goes across the uh, curriculum. So, uh, for example, words like transform or um, like in social, like revolution, you know, it's both in social studies and in, in, in science, you know, everywhere, uh, words like that. And, uh, you know, we kind of like cycle through them. I typically pick the words from their uh, classes. So I pick a class yeah. and I just say um, another another great idea is to put direction words there identify two objects in this picture. So identify, estimate, evaluate, uh, sum up, uh, all of these directional words, so to speak, are great for students to to know. Um, Okay. And then when you have your word wall in your classroom, do you have visuals or any translation or anything on there? Or is it just the English? Um, it's just the English typically because I have many languages in one class. Uh, yeah, so it's uh, yeah, it's okay. typically oh. just the English. If the students need to translate, yeah. they they um so they translate in the beginning. Um, but I will talk about the translation in, yeah. in just a minute. Okay. Um, but they translate in the beginning. But the more the more repetition and the more exposure helps them feel more confident in it. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah. th- that's that's the way. And regarding the translation, I do see the reliance on the apps. And I think yeah. that's when uh, we need, th- there are uh, two things uh, in my practice that have worked. So one is having a direction in class. Like the students uh, who are learning English, the newcomers especially, let's just face the truth. They're not going to understand everything in the class okay yeah. uh, they might have some background but that background has to be activated so math for example you may have background in math and uh you said you have a lot of russian students and i know quite yeah. a few like uh, russians are greatly prepared for for math in my experience it's uh the chinese <laughs> and chinese yeah. yeah now so so math will be a little bit different for math yeah. they need you know the vocabulary the word problems are going to be an exactly. issue exactly the reasoning yeah yes yes um the number stuff they're accessing completely fine absolutely yes yeah. but let's talk about social studies or uh let's say science or whatever they might not have the necessary background so I think it's up to the teacher to decide what is the most important thing for my student newcomer student to take away from this class so if the class is doing um maybe one day it will be the vocabulary right and then the next day it will be the timeline of 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 an important event and then the next day it's going to be uh, something else. Um, yeah. When the students have the, uh, I guess, goal to, to work towards, it will be less overwhelming for both the teacher and the yeah. students because then if you're sitting in class trying to translate everything, you're getting nothing, you know? Exactly. So, exactly. I so get it. Yeah. 
I was going to say, so what strategy I've been talking to, particularly with our, well, so far with the primary school students, particularly those in year five and year six is um, pre-teaching and using your teaching assistants to, at the start of a lesson, you know, we, we start the le- lesson with what we call connect to the learning. So there's yeah. like an introduction kind of task. So during that time, if you have an extra adult in your room, take the child out who doesn't have much English, use the translator app to tell them what the lesson will be about, get their prior knowledge on the topic. So for example, recently I've had one where I had a Chinese girl who in her year six lesson, they were writing um, about how to kayak safely because they were going to camp and they were going to be doing kayaking. So I had a um, conversation with her via the translator app, you know, what do you know about kayaking? Have you been kayaking before? What um, equipment do we need when we kayak? How do we keep safe? And I had already pre-prepared with Widget. We had a word bank. There was about 12 different keywords on there, everything from kayak to oar to paddle to life jacket. And I had already translated these into Chinese. So she had the English, the Chinese, and the picture. So this was there in our discussion. And any other words that came up in our discussion, we just quickly added them onto the sheet. And we had a big conversation about it. We talked about the style of writing. You know, we were writing. It was like going to be numbered steps. So we talked about some of the words we could use first, next, after yep. that. that we could, um, have translated those as well. And I explained the task to her. They had a writing frame, a template. And she um, we, she went through and she just translated some of those words on the writing frame into Chinese as well. And that meant because I'd spent five to 10 minutes doing that start of the lesson, she was actually quite independent yep. in that lesson. And that would left me free to go and support some of our SEND students um, yep. in the lesson. So that pre-teach at the beginning of vocabulary and just kind of helping her to connect the learning and, and bring her prior knowledge to the lesson really helped her within that lesson. Absolutely. So this is probably one of the best the strategies I'm trying to push in the school because we are quite lucky. We have a lot of extra adults supporting in classrooms mm-hmm. and they need to be used well. And what I find is not happening is the communication between particularly secondary school teachers and these teaching assistants is not there. And I've been talking to the teaching assistants lately and, you know, saying, so before you go into this lesson, are you aware of the planning? Do you know of the lesson? Um, Are you pre-preparing, you know, dual language vocabulary mats or whatever? And sometimes the lesson, the planning isn't there until like an hour before the lesson actually starts. So that's the first thing we need to overcome is improving communication. Um, And I feel like that's working well so far. Yeah, absolutely. So there will always be some, uh, you know, some teachers who are not open and uh, uh, to, yes. <laughs> to to learning this or to uh, adjusting. You know, it's worked for years. Why do I have to change it? Exactly. Um, and you have to. You know, we've all encountered, and you know, for whatever reason, you know, um, it is what it is. Um, I found that if I uh, if I if you can connect with with those teachers, just in general and just see what drives them and uh, you know what uh, even if it's one teacher a year because it's not always um and just see hey like you know maybe you know showing them uh what's possible i did have a conversation with one of my teachers recently you know who says i'm not a language teacher and Mm -hmm. uh, i'm a science teacher and i'm like i i understand that and you are the expert in 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 science you know but i did say that the science uh 
is communicated through a medium of language. Everyone is a language teacher, really. Yes, yes. Yeah. But it's, I think it yeah. can be overwhelming when we say, just it can be overwhelming. Like uh, when you say you're also a language teacher, everybody immediately starts thinking, oh, I have to teach grammar now and spelling and I'm really not good at it and whatever. But I think if if we just reframe it a little bit and say, you are the expert in your subject area, right? Yeah. You know the vocabulary. Sometimes, for example, students ask yeah. me vocabulary that I have no clue what that means. But yeah, a math teacher yeah. is the yeah. perfect person to explain that. We just have yeah. to give them the tools. For example, um, the students, um, it is uncomfortable to talk to somebody who you think doesn't understand you. Okay. So yeah. I think... Uh, yeah giving them the permission to feel uncomfortable and that is yeah. a part of the job I think yeah. it's it's one yeah. thing the other yeah. thing is um, giving them the tools such as when you're explaining something to a uh, newcomer for example uh, so you and I were talking in long sentences and, and complex vocabulary for a newcomer all you need is a noun and a verb in your sentence and also a visual if it is available, you know, if it's Definitely. not very, oh, yeah. uh, so a lot of body language, a lot of pointing, but you will, yeah. The, yeah, you will get the message across because the more words you put in, you know, <laughs> the less they're going to understand, but we yeah. take just the main functional words. So if we can try to help the teachers with just these little steps, then they will feel like, oh, I can do this. It's yeah. not much on my plate because I think a lot of uh, people are resistant to take on one more thing. The teacher's job is already oh, cool. full yeah. and, and that's where the resistance comes in. So, yeah. you know, I yeah, think. And I've had one teacher say to me, well, so now I have to translate my PowerPoint into Russian, into Chinese, into Spanish. Like this is so much extra work. And I'm like. No, if we teach the children how to do that themselves independently using Google Lens, you don't need to do that at all. Yeah. And I think they feel overwhelmed. They've got their curriculum. These are the objectives they need to teach. Yeah. And they're very overwhelmed by that, that they can't access that. But yeah, I think you're right. For now, while these children have this temporary barrier to learning, um, break it down. And like you say, pick the most important thing. What do you yeah. want to get? What's yeah. the most important thing for them to get out of this lesson? Yes, yes, yeah. if at all possible. Okay. Um, because yeah. everybody will then feel successful. And it's like, you know, when you feel successful, then the momentum builds. Yeah, yeah. And in, in my PD that I did with the primary students, I had um, the French teacher come up the front and he spoke at everybody, all the teachers in French, and just was like, blah, 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 in French. No visuals, no yeah. nothing. Yeah. And then you could see the teachers were just like, oh. And then he started, he kind of like slowed down his language. Yeah. And then it was like, as much as you slow it down, they don't understand you. Yeah. And then we started adding in like repeat after me and then yeah. added some visuals onto the board just to show these get across the message that, they need something else. You cannot just be standing up the front there and just and just talking like you would to your English speaking students. Yeah. Um, so that was really effective. And I'm going to do that again with the secondary school teachers. Oh, yeah, I've done that, too. And every time yeah. it makes me like, yes, finally. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And you know what's so interesting as well, because, you know, in, in a lot of these classes, there might be two Chinese students, for example. And I've had, you know, people say to me, oh, they just keep speaking Chinese to each other. And it was so funny because in this, when the teacher was speaking French at them, 
the first thing they do is they don't understand. So they start talking to the person next to them in English. Yeah. And yeah. it's just their natural reaction. And it was like, well, what we what I've just noticed here is that you were doing the exact same things. You were complete, you know, saying that your students yeah. were doing, speaking in their native language because they didn't understand. Yeah. So it's nice actually just to highlight all of that. Yeah. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's always a good one. <laughs> I did have one more point about the translation, and that would be for yeah. the students. Um, and uh, I have, uh, I kind of like created, I had a girl who was very resistant, and she would like to, to progress. And she also um, was beating herself, my English is bad, my English is bad. And I'm like, I, I yes. don't hear that. Yeah, I really I'm don't want to hear like that. that yeah. So I created like a, a little worksheet, you know, like, you know, my name, you know, this week I spoke English too. And then you write a person's name. Then yeah. um, on the scale of one to 10 or one to five, you know, like uh, with thumbs up and thumbs down, you know, this is yeah. how I feel when I talk English. This is how I feel when somebody talks English to me. This is how I feel when I don't understand. This is blah, blah, blah. So just kind of like going through that. Uh, yeah. People understood me or people, yes or no. People didn't understand me, yes or no. What do I do when I don't understand? What do I do when you when they don't understand? And uh, the words that I learned this week and doing like it that, every, yeah. and doing it every week for like at, at least, I mean, we did it for a month or two. It was like at the end of the school year because I was like at the end of my rope. I'm like, what do I do? And yeah. this like that recorded uh material that you can whip out and they say my english is bad oh yeah let's take a there look you go. yeah <laughs> let's track this i like that i really like that do you have a template you would you mind sharing with us yes, yes. i have it um i have to find it and i will share it i think i have put it in the membership area but um i, okay. I have um, i have to def I, I will definitely share it yeah like that a weekly kind of yeah round yeah and you have like oh, a and that gives them something they know oh right this week I know I'm going to have to fill out this form with with yeah. who I spoke to in English or what words I learned yeah so it puts a bit of the responsibility onto them as well right I think that's what they need mostly that's why I, I try because uh, it's very easy to say I don't know or you know I'm mm. bad it's like the easiest path and I guess yeah. I feel like our yeah. our our job is to help them see their own potential you know and Build their confidence yeah 100% I agree I like that yeah. um so and just quickly in terms of like strategies would you say you know for teachers for me, I feel like top strategies would be pre-teaching vocabulary, yeah. visuals where possible, yeah. and repetition. Is there anything else? I think uh, for teachers, if uh, providing sentence starters yes, definitely. and sentence yeah. frames, and right. the, yeah. these can be hung on the wall if, if the classroom setup allows. Uh, yeah. So... Yeah. I, you know, like I believe that or, or whatever. Um, yeah. I did, uh, I think I have actually inside the membership, I have the posters with sentence starters. That and see, that's going to look different for different areas of the curriculum, isn't it? It is, but at the same time, uh, the poster is about how do you persuade somebody, right? Or how do you inform somebody? So okay. the sentence yeah. starters for different purposes of speaking okay. and reading, um, you know, so... Yeah. You know, yes, yeah, so of course it will look a little different in, yeah. in math, you know, but uh, yeah. but just to have that, 
uh, for them. I think that would be super, super helpful. Perfect. And again, this is these are strategies that you can use with our SEND students as well. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. We all have in the classroom. Yeah. Okay. Anything else? I think the biggest thing is is that for uh, is educating the uh, your colleagues about um, the that language takes time. Mm-hmm. Yes, takes yeah. time, and yeah. uh, and if somebody doesn't speak, doesn't mean they don't understand. Yeah, um, yeah. and just kind of like repeating the the things like that. Maybe providing yeah. some. Um, some snippets or I don't know if you have time. I've always wanted to do a weekly or a monthly uh, teaching tips for, for the staff with English learners, you know, like this week, you know, try this out and, you know, let me know how that works or, or this week, try, you know, try this out. Um, That might, um, that might help you keep the connection with the teachers and they will go, they will be more willing to come to you for advice. And it's all, you know, trial and error. We know best practices, we try to implement them. Um, mm-hmm. You know, in reality, it doesn't always look as we imagine it would you know, look. No, that's the thing. I just find that a lot of teachers are like, oh, this is extra work for me. No, it's but- not. It's not, you know, you know, tools like Widget, for example, they help make this very simple. Um, and you can make a resource of pre-taught vocabulary in literally two minutes. Absolutely. So that's going to be something I'm showing them next week. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, that's good. Just a reminder that it, it takes time. It's, it's it's a marathon, not a sprint. And, you know, it takes time for them, the children as well, to develop the social language they need, the conversational language, the academic language takes even longer. I so think also, you know, what is the student-teacher relationship? Um, I know Definitely. a lot of, uh, I, I see yeah. a lot of students come from these like strict educational environments and they feel yeah. lost in, in America. It's a lot less formal and it's a, a, a fewer barriers between a teacher and a student because the teachers offer extra help. The teachers inquire how you feel and, and, and all that. And for students from very strict prescriptive environments, it's uncomfortable because you don't, you know, you don't know how to be. Um, you know, I remember when I first, you know, came to an American school, the teacher was wearing jeans and sitting on the desk and I could not focus on the lesson because I was like, I couldn't understand how this is possible and what is yeah. my role in all of this. If he's doing yeah. this, like what what am I allowed to do then? Yeah, you know? Exactly. Um, yeah. So, that relationship this, is key. Yeah, absolutely. So kind of knowing that uh, people don't have the same experiences, you know, and uh that the, the things that you don't even expect. Even <laughs> America. You're gonna go have your bath now? Bye bye. 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 <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know what's actually quite sad? So, this week we've started doing exams. Um, mm-hmm. No, sorry, last week we started. And some of the teachers, some of the, uh, they, our ELL students, um, not all of them, but some of them will be are allowed 10% extra time in a dual language dictionary. And some of them didn't even know the names of their teachers for the different subjects. Like, yes, it's difficult. Teacher? It is difficult. I get that. But then, well, if you have a good relationship with them, surely you must know their name. But I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. Something I think to it's difficult. I still have, that. who is, like, who is your math teacher? I have no idea how to pronounce okay, it. Okay, fair enough. Maybe I'm expecting math. too much. 
Yeah. And to be fair, I get some of my younger students just calling me teacher. And obviously it's one of the first things I have to teach them is my name because I don't like that. (laughs) I'm going to call you boy or girl. Yeah. Yeah. You you become teacher, miss, you know, all that. Yeah. All right. Okay. Thank you. Is there anything else that you, uh, I don't know, after reading through my questions, was there anything else? I think that was pretty much all all I wanted to share. Is there anything you wanted to uh, ask? Uh, any other um, takeaways? No, I feel like, no, I think that, yeah, the weaning off the translator is definitely one of the biggest things. But you're right. It's about doing that gradually and then making sure that there are other things that teachers have prepared for the students so that they don't have to become reliant on the translator. Yeah. They'll be reliant on the translator if there's nothing else for them there, right? Yeah. Um, and, yeah, that's oh, key. There's one more thing that I did, and actually it worked uh, to help. Uh, so I had the student, and I started it like a few years ago. I had a student who was always on the translator, always on a translator. And after a while, I can see that they already have enough to be able to ha- carry a basic conversation, but they still go back to the translator. So I said... Yeah. How about we make a pact? I'll give you uh, until, you know, like another month or two months. You set a date. And by that date, you're going to start using less and less, you know, uh, of your translator, which less means if you hear something that you kind of know, but not really, you're going to try to work it out. And you're using the translator only when it is absolutely necessary. Let's say it's okay. new information or something. You know, you don't have to speak to me in complicated terms. I can yeah. totally understand that. But yeah. give me like a date by which to start weaning off. And the yeah. final one, when you don't use it, I think it also yeah. gives a little bit of a... Yeah. And it's so funny because it's just different children, different personalities, isn't it? Like I've got one Chinese girl. She's just always repeating after me or you know is is saying you can she's just naturally saying the language that she's hearing and when she's talking to me you she often says wait wait because she's thinking of the word and she just tries so hard to she doesn't want to use the translator and that's just her like you know whereas another boy who another Chinese boy who she's often in class with he's so quiet so shy and will be reliant on this, using this other girl to sometimes translate. But now she knows not to just translate for him. I'll look at her and she's just like, she won't say anything. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's just different personalities. And yeah. she's making so much progress because she's got that exactly. right attitude. Exactly. And, yeah. But yeah. it's trying to bring that out in all of them. No, I like that. Making a pact. That's a good idea. Yeah. Um, well, um, I hope this was helpful. Thank you so much. Very helpful and lovely to meet you. And I do love following you on Instagram and seeing your posts and I'm getting through your podcast as well. So the reason I'm I'm, I'm doing these is teachers need to see that they're not alone. You know, um, a lot of times you have to, uh, you share and something is like, oh, I knew that, but it feels so good that you're validated, you know? I understand what you mean, because that's one of our things that we're looking at doing is connecting teachers across Dubai. Because I feel like there are a lot of schools in our same position right now as they have had a big influx of ELL students. And we have not really had this before. 
And yeah. so just connecting and networking with other people is something that we want to get together and share resources. And, you know, how are you assessing the children um, and what resources are you using and, yeah, strategies? Absolutely. So, yeah, no, I, I get that. Well, thank you so much, Sarah. Yeah, you're welcome. No, thank you. Um, yeah, and I will be having a look through your podcast again, I'm sure, yeah. in the near future and through your resources. If you have any questions, just reach out to me and, you know, if we need well, to hop on again, just let me know, okay? Which is the easiest way to reach you? Is it via Instagram or email? I think uh, I think I check Instagram. I mean, I check all, uh, but Instagram is the quickest because sometimes yeah. when I sit down, I just, like, uh, I can't access email at work, my, my yeah. business email. Yeah. So I thought um, that that's why I thought I'd drop you an e uh, Instagram message last night as well yeah. to tell you my email. All right. Uh, okay. Well, enjoy you. the rest of your night. I will. And you too. Thank you so much. It's been really helpful. Yeah. Bye bye. All right. Be in touch. Bye. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. If you loved what you heard today, be sure to do two things. First, make sure to subscribe to the ESL Teaching Podcast so you don't miss an episode. And second, leave a positive review wherever you listen, on iTunes, Spotify, or any other platform. Positive reviews will improve the chances of this podcast to be discovered in the feed and help our fellow ESL ELL teachers. And of course, there's a third thing. If you aren't following me on social media yet, Come join me on Instagram at SimplyYevaESL, Facebook SimplyYeva, or connect with me on my website, SimplyYeva.com. Thanks again, and until next time.